BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I was trying to force it. And so I think that's something to consider too. Like one, you have to accept the fact that that person might not be ready. True. And they may never be ready to be vulnerable with you. And so that's a hard thing to accept, but it's really, really, really important speaking from experience to not force somebody to be vulnerable Yeah. because one, they're just going to resent you for it. Yeah. And two, you're not going to get anywhere and you're not going to deepen that bond and you're not going to, you're not going to feel like it's coming from a place of, I want to share this with you. It's more of, I feel like I have to share this with you. And, yeah. and that doesn't make anybody feel good in that situation. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back for another episode of The Gals Guide. Welcome back. My name is Hannah. And I'm Emily. And together, we are, we are the, gals the Gals Guide. guide. <laughs> we are also very cringy. If you cannot pick that up, just Absolutely. from the sheer episodes that we have been doing lately. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. Mine is Emily Elise, A-L-E-E-C-E. Yes, I spell it weird. Yes, you do. And <laughs> and mine is Hannah Nicole Adams. If you don't know how to spell Nicole or <laughs> Hannah or Adams, then I, I, I am a little worried for you. But, I mean, but, uh, but you ain't a part of the Adams family. It's a very different. Did you ever do that blessing when you were growing up? The Adams family? Da, da, da. Blessing? Oh my what god, you, you didn't know it? Oh my god. Was that, wait, wait, hold up. So like wait. I was in I was in Girl Scouts. Why would I bless my food no, no. with the Adam's big piece No. Okay, I swear to God. If anybody else knows this, please let me know. So I don't feel alone. So I was in the Girl Scouts and this is the only time we ever did it at like Camp Kiawe. We literally were like da 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 we thank you, Lord, for giving the food we need for living, like food and fun and friendship. We thank the Lord today. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. 
dead serious. Well, it's funny that you say that because we actually, when I was probably, oh my gosh, I was probably like 10, mm-hmm. we recorded a, um, like for the voicemail when you record like, hey, this is Hannah. Sorry, I missed you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Wait, you did not do that. Oh, we did. And it is still, it is still, whenever you call my parents' home phone, it is still the message that you hear. And it literally goes, we're sorry that we missed you, but we know you know what to do. So leave your number at the beep for the Addis family. Da-na-na-na. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you didn't do that, it was a severe missed opportunity. Exactly, so like, exactly. So it's so funny. Like my sister, her coworkers would always like want to call our home phone <laughs> so they could hear it. Well, so she I want to call your so, house later. Yeah, so she would. So she would text my parents, "Don't answer the phone. My coworkers want to hear us all sing." <laughs> I have to hear this sometime. Like literally. Yeah, we'll, we'll to call, call it tomorrow. We'll call it tomorrow. <laughs> It's just so funny because we sound like little children. (laughs) Oh my God. You're really that little? Yeah. Yeah. It was in our old house before we moved out here. Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like I always think about people who have like interesting names. It's like, if you don't take advantage of that, it's a severe missed opportunity. Like if Michael Buble, if Michael Buble does not say he's taking Buble baths, he should make a whole bath line, honestly, and call it Buble baths. (laughs) You probably should just, you know what, you should just tweet him that, like, honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, like, the spokesperson for, like, buble, bubbly soda or whatever, like. Oh, yeah. But still, he needs to come with the bath line. I, buble bath bombs. I mean, he, I'd he, buy he one. Could, he could put Lush out of business. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, hold on. Don't go for Lush. <laughs> I love me some Lush. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, have you seen the news lately? <laughs> I know it's everywhere. I have tried to avoid every <laughs> single news outlet out there. So to I was be up, honest. I was updating Hannah earlier. Everybody that knows me and knows by the film side of me knows that Baby Driver, you can judge me all you want, is one of my favorite films ever. I mm-hmm. particularly love Edgar Wright films just because I love his writing, his editing. But Baby Driver's I, I like Baby Driver on its own because I mean like he chore- he choreographed the entire like movie to music before he had the licensing for the music. It's just really interesting. I highly recommend people read about it and just, I mean, I wrote a 20 page essay on this entire film. Regardless. It was, inc- it was so good. It was so good. I mean, it took you a couple of years to finally watch it, but you know, regardless, you still watched it. That's all that matters. Listen, I do follow through. It just might be like <laughs> severely later. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> but it's like my favorite film. And recently, according to Twitter, Allegedly, Elza Elgort, the star baby himself, has sexually harassed younger girls underage. And first off, I'm not blaming any of the girls. Like, speak your truth, come out, say it. Like, I am proud of you. Do that. I always encourage when victims speak out against that. Like, I more power to you. Like, please, I will amplify your voice as much as I can. But I'm just like, Kevin Spacey already tainted this film enough that I feel guilty when I watch it. And now Ansel, and now I can't watch The Faulkner Stars. I know you can't watch it the same. You're really making it hard out there for me. And then I was telling you earlier, I don't know if anybody else knows this, Chris Adelia, um, a lot of people who, like, if you don't know who he is, he is a comedian. Not that great, in my opinion. Um, but he has a podcast. He was on season two of You. And 
on season two of You, he played Henderson, who was like this male stand-up comedian who also sexually harassed underage girls. And guess what? He was Chris Dooley was really playing himself because apparently he like, girls on Twitter came out and like like said like came forward about how like he DM'd them. He sent into a lot of girls DMs like when they were sixteen. Emailed them, tried to hook up with them like after shows and stuff like that. And I'm just mm. like, why do straight white men have to ruin everything? So. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. And so now watching season two of You, I've been rewatching it. it feels super weird now. Why are you rewatching it? Just because cause? it's so good. I'm sorry. It's a really good show. I personally am a more I'm more of a fan of season two than season one because while I love Elizabeth Lyle because she went to the same school as me, so I got to put respect on that. But season one is just you can tell it's written by Lifetime writers. Yeah. Um. So it's very soapy. Season two, I just love, I love love. Yeah, Like, I love too. love's character so much. And I really appreciated her and Delilah and that whole triangle with Joe. It was just a lot more interesting. Um, and the fact that I also loved um, 40 as well, mm-hmm. too. I think yeah. 40's a great character. It's just a really good season, I think, in my opinion. I know a lot of people disagree, and I think season one's better to each their own. I mean, season one has Peach, and I love Peach as well. So Yeah, I've, I've been so overwhelmed by all of the Netflix shows that release new seasons. It, like, all happened at once, like, of shows mm-hmm. that I've been watching. So, like, right now I'm watching Dynasty's new season, then Queen of the South has a new season, How to Get Away with Murder, which, oh my gosh, like, I'm about to binge that this weekend. I've never I, f- even <gasps> finished season one of How to Get Away with Murder. Emily. I need to finish. I need to finish season one. I haven't finished season one. Y'all need to let me know if y'all watch How to Get Away with Murder because it is like, it's I mean, like it a baby good. child. It's so good. It was good. It's just, I started watching it while I was in film school. And like, to be fair, like I, my homework is watching a ton of television and film that yeah. like, I, I don't have, I never had as much time to like divulge into watching stuff for my own pleasure. I mean, it was like when I was an undergrad, I was a creative writing major in undergrad and I literally had to read so many damn books. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, I never got to read for fun anymore. Yeah. Um, so now that like I'm graduated, I'm trying to catch up as much stuff as I can, but my anxiety is so bad. Apparently people who are super anxious tend to rewatch things because Interesting. that's probably why already- I watched the office 5,000 times. Okay. You should choose something way better than the office. Honestly, <laughs> don't ever say those words. Ever. The office, unpopular ever opinion. Ever again. Unpopular opinion. The office is not funny. You, we, <laughs> mm, this could ruin our friendship. I'm sorry, but like, it, I don't think it's that great. It, it is such a good story. It's There's so better comedy. Good. There's better comedy. I, I didn't say it was because it's hilarious. I mean, it I is just, funny, I, It's but it's dry humor. It's yeah, and dumb I like, humor. I, I like dry humor. I think the British version's better, but mm, mm, yes. Um, I've never watched it, and I probably won't. It's, <laughs> Ricky Gervais is, is um, Steve Carell's character in um, the British version, but... I mean, cause, yeah, because, okay, if we're going to get technical about it, dry humor is technically a British style of humor, but yeah. I just feel like watching a show about people working in an office sounds really depressing. Have you ever watched it from start to finish? I'm never, no, I'm not going to watch every fucking episode of The Office. No. Okay. Then, I've watched then a certain no. episode. There are certain moments that I can appreciate, like the CPR scene. I can appreciate that scene because I do find the humor in that. And yeah. it's a really good show if we're breaking down archetypes of characters. I mean, I can really get into this. That's okay, because then you might make me like not like it, so we're good. 
<laughs> I, lo- I love The Office. It's, Comedy, I mean, like, I, I literally I have it. the entire series on DVD. Oh, sweet. You're like my Blaine, mom. Blaine gave You're it like to my me. my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom has friends, the entirety well, of friends on DVD. Well, it was because he got it for me because there was that talk about it going off of Netflix. And so he got it for me just in case. And now we just have it. So and it is ours. He he told me that it you know it was my gift, but it is ours. Yes, unfortunately, I have to share. But to get back to the original statement, Anyways. yes, people who have anxiety <laughs> tend to rewatch things because you already know the outcome. But I also I do. There's not many shows that I personally like television shows that I like to rewatch because it's just a very long course and everything. I yeah, I'll rewatch a movie. I'll rewatch. Um, stand-up comedy, stuff like that. I find out when I'm like most stressed, I tend to gear towards stand-up comedy a lot more just because I'm looking for something humorous in my life. But like I've watched John Mulaney's sets like way too many times. <laughs> yeah. But I I don't know. I like I re I tried to watch like their new things that were on Netflix recently. Like I know everybody on Twitter was talking about the 365 day film about a girl who was like kidnapped and like hmm. her her kidnapper is like you have 365 days to fall in love with me and it's supposed to be like netflix netflix's version of 50 shades of gray and i will just say this this i never thought i would say a day in my life 50 shades of gray was better oh no <laughs> like that's how i was just like watching i was like what the hell is the plot and everybody's like there is none you're here for the man who's the lead because apparently like, yeah it's like he is super attractive Massimo I think that's his character's name but like uh, Jamie Dornan was a lot better yeah that's just my opinion it's just, I, <laughs> I just hadn't think, even heard I hadn't even heard of that one but I just saw everyone on Twitter talking about it and then I, it popped up on my main feed and I was just like oh, let me just check it out because I hear there's a boat scene and it's supposed to be amazing and I was just like I mean Fitch is great doesn't really have a plot either but at least it has Jamie Dornan and that's all yeah. I care about yes <laughs> <laughs> so like that was fine with me and dakota johnson's actually pretty good actress so you know there's yeah. that but yeah i i don't i personally if you're wanting emily's daily film take i don't recommend 365 days just for fair warning it, it just felt very rapey in my opinion very stockholm syndrome-esque yeah so yeah fun awesome. on that lovely light note today's episode we're going to be talking about privacy and relationships mm-hmm. and what exactly does that mean and you know when is it vulnerability when is it intimacy when are you oversharing and are there things that you should keep private versus secrecy how does that all work so that is what today's episode is it's going to get into, so let's go ahead and kick it right off. Intimacy is an important part of a happy relationship, but so is a healthy respect for each other's privacy. Though each couple decides their own particular rules for privacy, an underlying mutual respect is essential. This respect is what guides them in deciding how much privacy to allow each other. So what should you share with your partner? In general, though many couples choose to keep you know like bathroom and grooming habits personal fantasies and like fleeting judgments or like personal annoyances with their partners private this is done for the sake of preserving respect goodwill and sexual attraction within the relationship because let's be fair i never want to walk in on my boyfriend shaving like 
Um, also, if there's anything about me that annoys you, please do not tell me because I will become completely insecure and hyper fixate on it. And then um, we you'll fall out of love with me because I'm just that's all I'm going to think about now is how you just don't like how one of my boobs is bigger than the other. And I'm going to be super self-conscious <laughs> and have to immediately go pay for breast augmentation. And then I'm going to be poor. Um, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's what I'm or like something stupid. Like, I just don't like the way like I mean, it's like, OK, so like it's. <laughs> what made me think of this is the film boy. <laughs> he sounds like oh a yeah, super- I forgot that was his name. The film boy. <laughs> he sounds like a sidekick to a superhero every single time I say his name. I need to come with a. If someone could give me a better name, that'd be great. Right now, he looks like a Backstreet Boy because of his hair. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> I mean, he he does honestly. He got frosted tips, y'all. He got frosted tips, but the way we think I, of frosted flakes. Sorry, my mind is on food. <laughs> when I went over to hang out with him the other night, he made a comment. He was like, I, he said something there that means it's supposed to be like a little, like, like a cute, like a little sarcastic dig. Like we joke a lot with each other, and I said something back that didn't really make much sense. And he's like, "What?" And I was like, "I don't know. Never mind." He's just like, "You say things you don't mean without thinking." Because you don't like the idea of silence. And I was like, don't read me like that. Mm-hmm. And then I did that thing with my tongue that I always do where, like, I lick it off my teeth and then, like, like do that. Yep. And you just, like, you do that thing with your mouth a lot. I was like, stop analyzing me. <laughs> like, and then I, like, said, like, stop. Uh. And he's like, you say stop, uh, not stop. It's like, all right, dude, I get it. Like, I'm like, weird. I have a lot of quirks. Leave I've me alone. I've never had someone's eyes so tightly agazed. I don't know if that's a fucking word against me. I was like, either you're, like, in love with me or, like, I completely drive you insane and there is no in-between. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No. I would be like, okay, listen. <laughs> Great. I'm glad that you're taking note, but like, just don't tell me. But I think one thing to keep in mind when it comes to like privacy and like anything like that, when you're not sure what information to divulge in a relationship, I think keeping the mindset if it would upset, anger, or betray your partner if they discover the information by themselves then I would consider sharing it with them. There's a difference between privacy and secrets, and that pertains to stuff like like their health, finances, family, friends, and the relationship with you. And if that's something that is going to affect any of those things, that's mm-hmm. when you should definitely divulge those certain information. I know we tend to overshare, but yep. I've also been in relationships before where I was felt like I was being controlled by my significant other mm-hmm. and I like they didn't like the fact that I hung I had male friends for no solid reason like it wasn't yeah. like they had proof that these male friends were into me or that I was into them it was pure jealousy and they wanted to control me by not letting me hang out with those guys um in order to maintain their insecurity and there was one time where one of my guy friends was like hey can you drive me home from school and I was like, yeah, sure. And I didn't tell my boyfriend at the time because I was like, I know what you're going to just get mad over mm-hmm. nothing. It literally meant nothing. I was literally just driving a dude home because he missed the fucking bus. So those are certain moments that I think, one, you should get out of that relationship. And I should have known that myself. But yeah. those are certain moments where it's like if he knows like, like if you truly know that you're not doing anything fucking wrong and you just know that your partner's going to just yell at you, get mad at you. I don't think you have to share those those kind of things because you're protecting yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But I do think that if you like want to get on a deeper level with your significant other, then you can share things that are a little bit more personal. So that could be like how you grew up or like what your family was like growing up. If you've had any traumatic experiences, um, if you have had, you know, bad experiences in relationships that might kind of explain why you are the way you are. I think those conversations will create empathy and more of an understanding of why you do what you do in the present. And they will kind of like provide that explanation that your partner might need. So I, yeah, no, I completely agree. I, for me, it's always, when do I bring up the doctor? Like, when do I bring that up? Like when I'm dating somebody and I usually just because I, I had the mindset where I could easily overshare because Mm -hmm. I don't have I, I'm working on boundaries for myself but it's also like let me just get this burden out of the way so we can just move on and not have to talk about it anymore but I usually will gauge how much vulnerability I can share with somebody based off what they do so like if someone prompts me to talk about previous relationship like so what was your last relationship like like who ended it with who how did it happen all that kind of stuff then I'm like oh, okay because genuinely I think at the end of the day I don't share because I'm just like oh they don't care when mm. and so usually when they're the ones that ask I'm like oh no okay so they do care so I can go into this and I will be in a more of an open book and share that kind of thing and then oftentimes by me doing that they reciprocate it and I, we feel like we're on this even page I experienced that with the actor I mean there was one time we were like laying like on his couch and he was just like so like, you said you dated a med student once like yeah like you know I was like oh it's giving him a massage and I was like I was showing him pressure points that I learned he's like where'd you learn that and I said I learned it from the med student I dated and he was like oh like tell me about that relationship like how long did you date like who broke it with who what happened and I didn't go into full details I didn't say like you know homeboy dumped me the week after my birthday you know I didn't really you know grill the dude but I was just like this is what happened he was an asshole ta-da and so he was just like oh like I can sympathize with that like that guy's an asshole that kind of thing like that and that's how I usually would go about it how do you usually go about opening up about things like that I know you and your current friend like you've known each other for a while so yeah I was gonna say like I feel like we kind of did like the the whole like messy talk about your past stuff Mm -hmm. at the like towards the beginning but I wanted to comment that it's such a fluid thing like it's such a fluid conversation like we I mean we went to the beach a couple weekends ago and like we went for a walk like one night really late and like talked about stuff we hadn't talked about yet. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, and like just the other night, like we had another conversation where I was able to like ask a little bit deeper of questions um, Mm -hmm. to kind of get to something. Or he told me, you know, about something that I didn't know about him or like why he was acting a little bit more distant. Um, Mm -hmm. Not distant, but just like he seemed a little quiet. And then he finally something something was off. Yeah. Something was off. I always, I'm, I'm very good at reading people. So I could like tell something was off, Mm -hmm. but like it, it, I don't think it has to all be done. Like, I don't think you have to go, Oh, here's all my baggage. Yeah. In, in one or two conversations. It's something that like when you're with somebody, like certain, certain situations bring up certain, you know, experiences or past, um, past experiences or past traumas. And that's kind of when you have those conversations and you dive a little bit deeper, like it doesn't all have to happen all at one time. And I think that's the beauty of it is that when you're in a relationship with somebody, your conversation and learning them and learning, you know, all about these things and learning what, 
what is a trigger for them or learning what, you know, why they act a certain way. It's also fluid and it just kind of happens as you're growing and you're growing together um, and you're more comfortable with the person as you're with them longer. And so then you can maybe bring up something that you wouldn't normally just like a couple months in. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how we, I mean, honestly, when the conversation just presents itself is kind of when we run with it. Yeah. I mean, there's been moments where I was dating somebody and I had talked to my therapist about this at one point because I felt like I need to get this on the table. Like I need to establish this. I need to do this. And she's like, if you want to, then just do it. But you don't have to. It's not like, okay, let me unzip the suitcase now and let me like take out all this, like take out the, like the mason jars that we've talked about before. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it, you don't have to do that. Your partner shouldn't force you to feel like you have to do that because there are times where it's like, no, like this happened to me and it's like, I don't know you well enough. So I respect you. I hope you respect my privacy enough to not be able to tell you like, oh, like I was in a super manipulative relationship. And honestly, like, I'm going to be real. I, all the guys that I date, I honestly, I asked, none of them have ever listened to this podcast. I've asked some of them, the ones that wanted to, I've asked them not to, because even though like, I mean, hell, we overshare on this thing like all the time, but that's like the vulnerability part of it. This is a, the openness. And so we can have that trust intimacy with our audience and like mm-hmm. you guys and everything. Like we want to be able like for you guys to understand like what we've gone through and, you know, just having a more engaged audience feel with you guys. So you feel like you know us better, mm-hmm. but like, you know, we, t- I've talked about boys I've dated on here before and it's just like, I mean, yeah, like if you want to know about my relationship with the doctor, go listen to the first episode, but I tell the guys i'm just like i would rather me tell you than you go listen to this episode where i you know overstylized my attitude added more humor to it wasn't genuine i'm like i don't sound like this dude hurt me but like let me tell you like more personalized version of what i experienced so you can therefore see it through my lens and know how not to fuck up yeah (laughs) Yeah, honestly. So, yeah. like, that's like one thing that I do. Like, I even though this is a public forum and it's being broadcast to like everybody in the entire world, it's still like a version of myself that I prefer to keep private from my relationships because, in a way, it's like even though like we make no income, like it's a way for us. It's like a job. Like, it's still just like something. It's like a separate part of my life that I rather keep private and out of my dating life. I think of people like Lauren Conrad, for example, the queen. Mm-hmm. She, her husband's never seen a single episode of The Hills, so it's just like there's a part. There's sometimes a parts of you that you like don't always want to share. I mean, I'm sure like your boyfriend, like he's like he knows your songs and everything, but you're not going to like open like your song book to him and be like, here it is. Look here's at all this. the, here's all the shitty things I wrote about you <laughs> back in the day. It's like, no, like those are private things. And yeah, as a partner, you should be able to respect that kind of thing. I think, I think yeah. there's a difference between transparency and oversharing. And in other words, like when it comes to like, like I said, like your private life, if your partner asks about it, then answer truthfully. Like if film boy asked if I've talked about him on the podcast, like, yeah, like we're not in a relationship, but like, I'm talk like we've talked and hung out. Like, yeah, I've talked about you. I don't disclose your name. So like you shouldn't be worried about it. No one knows who you are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Full disclosure, I think, like open up, like this is all I've said. I've, you know, if I told you guys everything that's happened between me and this dude, that's 
when the spark will be killed, I think. That's another thing, too. Like, there's a there's a difference between being transparent and being vulnerable with our audience and being completely private. Like, there's things about my relationships that I will never tell you guys because I have to maintain some part of my life private. And same with Hannah. Yeah. I feel like my relationship is, like, where I'm most modest. Like, yeah. I... That's, like, a very, very, like... I mean, of course, I've talked about it on here and I will continue, but it's a very, very like special part of my life. And but that's just how it is with me in general, in person, if you knew me, like yeah. I don't, I mean, I talk about my boyfriend all of the time, but I mean, I like don't. you tell me everything, but it's like, you ain't going to tell your mama like these things. I still don't even tell you like I, there are parts, yeah. you know what I mean? There are parts of our relationship that are mine and his only. Yeah. And so, and that's how it should be. Yeah. And that's another thing too. I mean, when it comes to, I think friendships, like if you were to tell me something or like I was to tell you something like, I know people who do this all the time. They're like, their friends will tell them something and they feel like they have to go tell their boyfriend that because it's like, oh, that person doesn't count. And it's like, no, like that person does count because it's like, especially like, even if they don't care, like it's still like, no, I entrusted like only you to know. I know right. a lot of people yeah. have that like one in person who's like, oh, they're, they're the exception. Like, oh, I tell my mom, like, I'm not going to tell my mom, like all of that. Like, that's not her business. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell my boyfriend like something that happened like between like like if one of my friends cheated on their boyfriend, I'm not gonna run and tell you that because they entrusted me with that secret. And it's like even if you don't know that person, it's still like no, like that's another person that knows. Right, yeah. So we can definitely relate to the feeling of oversharing and being a complete open book. Hello, our podcast. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Hello. Um, however, what is it like when you're in the beginning stages of a relationship and trying to navigate the difference between vulnerability and intimacy versus oversharing and emotional dumping I feel like you always sort of struggle with that Emily yeah yeah I either I'm like fear of like vulnerability or um here's my entire life story real quick there is no there's no two <laughs> there's there's no in between I'm either like mm, it's Fort Knox or like the gates are wide open bitch yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people can relate to that though and it was something that I kind of like learned so Here's my life with my vulnerability. Okay, you ready, guys? So I closed off a lot, a lot of myself after the college boy because I got really close to him. I opened up to him about everything. Like, we knew each other very well inside and out. And then someone used that trust and betrayed it. I mean, I had that experience with friends, too, growing up, like, where I had friends who backstabbed me and things like that. So, like, I always felt like I... If I overshared and explained everything to you, then... It's like, well, you know everything about me. So, like, if you hurt me, it's on you. And it's like, and if if I go with the idea of, like, if I don't tell them anything, then they can't get close to me and they can't hurt me. So, it's just, like, which one? And that's where boundaries come into play. So, I've gotten to the point where I would rather kind of tell you more, not overshare, but I would rather be more straightforward and tell you more that and you know where I stand than play like mind games and guessing like I understand like I understand like part of dating like the games and stuff like that like that I'm not talking about like certain things like that but I'm talking about like hey I struggle like with anxiety and stuff like that and I like I'm going to use mental health like for a complete example because this Mm -hmm. is something I've experienced like when it comes to dating like with the doctor I will say very early on in our relationship he told me that like he had depression. I got like really deep into it. 
and how like he always battled with like for like in his entire life and he didn't you know get too into it but he told me like, how he was dealing with it and stuff like that and I told him I was like I you know thank you for like telling me all of this I can you know sort of relate like I go to therapy for my anxiety and everything like that but I don't feel like I can be like completely vulnerable with you right now and I would just appreciate it if like you were if like I could just take that time to get to that place of course when I said that like looking back months later he thought I meant like I can't be in a relationship which I don't see how that fucking correlates but okay no I just meant like I couldn't tell you hey I have like like uh, everything's going on like why I'm the way I am certain things like that and then it got to the point where I was like no like you're assuming things about me so now I have to over explain myself and over share parts of myself that I was not ready to share with you just so you get the idea of where I'm coming from and now I feel like you're you and then he ended up using it against me yeah and I was like this is why I don't tell people things because now you're using it against me in a way and so I have never had it dealt with in a more healthier way until the actor I dealt with recently so that was why we ended things so early he's like because I knew how it happened last time so he's like I didn't want to do I didn't want it to be a repetition of that so I appreciated that so he wasn't using it against me he like knew what my deal was knew how I viewed things he's like oh she takes this shit seriously so if I fucking lead her on she's gonna hate me and I don't want her to hate me so let me just yeet out of this now before things get too serious and I respected him of that and I know that the 30-year-old musician, like, he told me, like, very slyly one night that he had depression, and I was like, cool, like, I can sympathize with that. I've dated a lot of guys who had depression. I just want to I was going to say, yeah, that. this is kind of tallying, tallying up right here. <laughs> the actor also had depression. Like, I have a thing um, for depressed boys in the arts. Um, it's just literally, literally dating the, just like the sad boy, just like the artistic sad boy. Like, that's just my type, apparently. Yeah, so opening up about mental health, I think it can be a part of intimacy and establishing boundaries so you know where the person is. It allows you to be closer and better understand your person where like many people would say that this is too much, but it could be you trying to break the stigma by treating it like any other health condition, in my opinion. Like if I had multiple sclerosis, you're going to know. So like, yeah, there's no need to like treat mental health as anything different. Exactly. You would treat depression like how you would treat a physical wound. Yeah, exactly. It shouldn't be treated any different. You shouldn't be treated like you're broken because Mm -hmm. your mind just doesn't have enough chemicals to function like a normal human being. And for me, I've, we would love to do an episode like on dating and mental health for sure, because it's definitely something interesting because like I have ADHD for those of you that don't know. And I'm only now in my late 20s learning more about my own mental disorder and how it works because I was diagnosed when I was 14 by actual psychologist. Like it wasn't like my doctor, but like here, your pills, your hyper, like I took an actual test and, you know, when I learned about what I had, it was just like, oh, like you just are like, you know, you can't maintain attention well enough, like in your hyper, like all this stuff when really like how it's expressed in girls and stuff like that, like there's other side effects to it where it's like irritability, anxiety, like just different things. It's like, oh, like that's why I'm the way I am. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's not my fault. Like I thought it was like, I was something wrong with me. It's just like, no, I have a mental disability that 
causes me to do that that I have no control over so I have to work extra hard to kind of like correct it in a way to like pass as normal and you know Mm. when you're trying to uncover that when a relationship like it's completely different because it's like hey like I promise you like I'm not sad all the time (laughs) like I'm you know it's 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 definitely a part of vulnerability when someone tells me that they have a mental disability or they have like they're struggling with something like in their mental health that I appreciate a lot and I think if you are somebody who is struggling with trying to navigate that within dating therapy is a great way to do that because that's the only way I've been able to kind of like get a better grip on that because I felt like I had to over explain who I was to pass as normal when it's like no you don't have to pass as normal like I know some people though who have like they're like yeah I have depression and they're very open and honest about it. Like, yeah, I have OCD. Like, that's just, just who I am. And it's so much of accepting who you are that mm-hmm. when you accept it and you run with it and you're like, this is who I am, like, take it or leave it, like, more people will be the same and will match that energy, I think. I think if you talk about things that are core parts of who you are and that freaks someone out, then you know that they aren't your person. And sometimes it truly is for the better because it's you laying your cards out on the table for them. It's like, take it or leave it in a way. And like I said many times before, I think having vulnerability is sexy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I definitely like appreciate it when somebody's vulnerable with me. And so I feel like it's definitely the same way, vice versa. Yeah. 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 It makes me like fall like deeper, like with my boyfriend, like when he's like vulnerable with me, like, it's just like another reason to like fall deeper in love with him. Yeah. But don't ever feel like you're pressured to get to that point either. Oh like, yeah. I think yeah. especially if you're dating and you're just now coping with your mental disability, take the time that you need to uncover that because yeah. you could just be learning it along with them. And I understand like not wanting to divulge too much information ahead of time before you even know what you're up against in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we've talked about that in a previous episode, like making sure that you're comfortable with sharing whatever it may be with Mm -hmm. whoever you're with you have to have that I know it's hard in the like beginning stages of dating because you're like trying to get to know people but I feel like you do have to have that level of comfort to kind of delve into Mm -hmm. those more important like core parts of you especially like in regards to mental health or in regards to like past traumatic experiences or the way that you grew up like sometimes those are topics that you don't want to bring up on the first second or third date but maybe three or four months in you're kind of like getting to a point where you're like okay like this person has been consistent they're constant they're opening up to me like maybe that's kind of win yeah and like I said I don't really feel like there's a I can't personally I can't put like a time stamp on like oh what three months I did this and it's six months (laughs) I started to talk about this and then in a year because it's just so like it's different with every single person that you engage with absolutely absolutely and I think looking at it it's more like a bonding moment between Mm -hmm. you two because you're only going to deepen your relationship with the person and I think when you're no matter if you're talking about like trauma for example like it can help define like what you need in a person and you can the person can see like okay this is what happened this is what this person's going through this is what this happened to them can I match the level of the person that they're wanting and if they can great if not then you know like you've laid your cards out and it's just like well it's not like I didn't try that's the whole thing that I look at it's like well Mm -hmm. at least you knew where I stood and I can't say that I did not try. 
That's how I kind of look at it. While it's ultimately up to each person to decide how much to divulge and when an open relationship that allows for honesty and free flowing communication, it's typically more fulfilling in my opinion. I think I can look back at relationships where it's been very shallow. We didn't get to really know each other that well. And I'm just like, God, I'm so bored. But when we can open up and I can tell you things like that and we can get deep and we can get raw. Like it just feels a lot better. And then like other parts of the relationship, I feel like are more elevated and better mm-hmm. because we just understand each other on a deeper yeah. like connection. Like that you truly I, know that person. Yeah. And I appreciate them even more. And it makes, like you said, it makes you fall like in love with the person even more mm-hmm. too. I think for me, like in my previous relationship, we always kind of, were in that like shallow water of things Mm -hmm. and like I saw myself trying to force it like I was trying to force the intimacy I was trying to force the vulnerability and I guess I didn't realize it at the time but like looking back like level I was like I'm I was such an open book I'm always an open book I just that's just me like you're gonna get all of me and if you don't like it then bye sorry and so I was trying I was trying to force it and so I think that's something to consider too like one you have to accept the fact that that person might not be ready true and they may never be ready to be vulnerable with you and so that's a hard thing to accept but it's really 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 important speaking from experience to not force somebody to be vulnerable yeah because one, they're just going to resent you for it. Yeah. And two, you're not going to get anywhere and you're not going to deepen that bond and you're not going to, you're not going to feel like it's coming from a place of, I want to share this with you. It's more of, I feel like I have to share this with you. And, yeah. and that doesn't make anybody feel good in that situation. Yeah. I think timing and place mm-hmm. also play into it. And so like things like obviously pillow talk, like, yeah. in bed that's when like anything is usually divulged i think most of the time i if you can get this is my favorite thing i've been able to do and i did it recently with the actor and i think if you guys can do it it's the best thing ever because you'll be physically intimate and then you'll also be emotionally intimate is if you can give each other a massage mm-hmm. so like with the actor at one point like i like, gave him like a um and lymphatic massage so like i gave him like a face massage um like i literally had his head like in my lap as i was giving him this massage and that's when we had that conversation so like we we're both in a more relaxed space physically and i think when that happens you can just your walls are down a little bit more you don't feel as guarded and so you're not in a really much of a judgment zone so both of you feel like you can open up because like you're literally holding this person's like head in your lap yeah so i think getting somebody like in a space like that yeah i think i think like going off of that i think it's like really really important to like to not bring it up in times that aren't appropriate if that makes sense so like Mm -hmm. if one of you's drunk like i would not take that as the opportunity to try and go to a place of vulnerability with them because they're probably not going to remember it or they're (laughs) going to remember bits and pieces or you're not going to remember it and then you're going to wake up and you're going to be like oh i told you that awesome that's not what i wanted to do i told you about how dylan like cheated on me with melissa um oh and my roommate at the same time cool great love to know that so fun so fun or like or like 
trying to avoid the conversation when like someone's stressed or grumpy or angry. Like you guys know this, like don't bring up something important when people are pissed. Like that's not the appropriate time. Or like if say your partner like got some bad news from work again, probably not a good time, but like, I think just like read the room. Be, some people can't, be, some people can't. I, I will say that. That's what some I'm saying. Cannot. Like some people like, they have good intentions, but they can't read the room. So I think it's really important, like you said, Emily, to kind of like create a relaxed, safe space for your partner, for them to be able to be honest and transparent. And I think whenever you're doing that, there's, I like to think of like three different things. So one, I think you need to try and remove the fear of like hurting each other's feelings. And I think a lot of people Mm. when they're in relationships are worried that they're going to hurt their partner's feelings. And like, yes, while that might happen, you have to take responsibility for your own feelings and they have to take responsibility for their own feelings. How you make someone feel, you know, it's kind of. You know, like I said, they have to take responsibility for it. It's not on you to worry about that. It's I think when it comes to boundaries yeah. specifically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I had this conversation with a friend earlier this week when he was talking about how, like, it was a friendship. Like, his felt like his friend was being super critical of him. And I was just like, you need to establish boundaries. And you have to remember, boundaries are not there to hurt them. If mm-hmm. they get hurt, that is on them, but yep. they are there to protect you. Right. Absolutely. I think another thing when you're creating this space is to remove the fear of punishment. So instead of, you know, punishing the lie that they say they're, say they tell you that they lied about something instead of like punishing that lie, it's really important to like reward the fact that they're speaking up and telling you the truth and being honest And then Mm -hmm. kind of going along with that, like remove judgments from the conversation. So as we all know, like most people will only be honest if they feel safe, if they feel like you're not going to judge them. Um, So I think those are just like some important things to consider. If you want someone to be honest and transparent with you, you kind of have to like check yourself and kind of make sure that, you know, you're not having these things um, in the way. It's like a child. It's like a child. Like if you, if you caught a child in a lie, they're not going to own up to being honest about it. If you like are mean to them and attack them and yell at them, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. would you want someone to do that to you? No. no, no. Like, you can't like ultimately control like everything your partner does. You can only control like your reactions to what they do. Mm-hmm. So, I th- I always try to think of like people always ask me like, oh, have you ever like taken your partner's phone? I'm like, no. Like, I. I've had boyfriends who've given me like their passcode and like, I'm like, cool. Like, I don't care. Like, or they don't have a passcode on their phone. It's like, I've never gone through a guy's phone before. I will say that there is one time with the college boy. So like, (laughs) he didn't really have a phone. He had a phone, but he didn't really have a phone. He had like some fucking Motorola razor in like 2012. I don't know. I digress. He was a hipster. Anyways, he had a little black book. That he wrote in. It was his diary. A little pocket-sized moleskin. He wrote in it every single day. He started writing in it right before me and him kissed. And I wanted to steal that motherfucker's book and read it and be like, what the fuck did you write about me? Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you write about me? Am I in your diary? I need to know. Never got the little black book. 
Never. I was in his house alone, Hannah, and I tried my damnedest with my old roommate. We literally were in his house alone because he was at a party next door and my roommate's friend was like not feeling well. He was just like, you can go back to my apartment. Like, here's the key um, if she's not feeling well and like wait for your Uber there. And we're in there. I'm like, wait a minute. The little black book is here. And so like, Cause for the cause, we are searching the place. We scoured to bottom. We scoured. I couldn't find it. I was so distressed. I was like, "Damn it!" I just, I, I didn't care if he wrote about another girl. I just wanted to know if he wrote about me and if that kiss was just as amazing as it was for me. That's all I wanted to know. That's all I needed to know. And now I have to die not knowing. <laughs> I think you're gonna be okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, the phone thing is weird. I have never understood like people going through people's phones. If like, you, what if, if, like, the, what if you did find something? What if you did find something? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're if you're feeling like you need to do that, then obviously you don't trust this person. So yeah. you need to like yeet on up out of there because it's, it's like, you're gonna you're gonna sit there. You're gonna think about it all the time. And yeah. how are you gonna build trust? You know. So. I don't know. I can't get into my boyfriend's phone. It's like his eyes or something. He's got some weird phone. And then like he knows my passcode, but I think it's honestly we all know your half passcode. of the time. Well, yeah, it's my favorite cuss word. Um, don't tell anyone. <laughs> all y'all better not tell because I'm not telling it. Anyways, I digress. Um, I've given it to him to be like, hey, like look at the menu. What do you want to order? Or do yeah. this for me like yeah. i'm very lazy with my phone half of the time and um especially if wine is involved i'm like here take care of it <laughs> yeah. but i'm not i mean i think i told y'all on the pod when i tapped his phone to see who the text message was from and it was espn yeah so since then i'm just like eh, i'm good <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'm good. If if he didn't want to, if he was talking to some, if he wanted to be with somebody else, he'd be with somebody else. That's, yeah. you know, that's kind of how I am. If to each their own, but the passcode thing is not my vibe. Not yeah. my vibe. I have literally had guys, like I've asked, like guys I'm not in a relationship. I'm just dating casually. And I'm like, can I see your phone? Like purely for like music. Like we're listening to music. And I'm like, I want to like get in your phone, and like change the song because you have terrible music taste. And they're like, well, like, be like no. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you're texting another girl because I'm texting five other guys right now. Mm-hmm. I just want to change your damn song because I don't want to fucking hear Boney Bear for like the fifth time tonight. Like I'm trying to like listen to something else. I'm tired of your shitty coffee shop music. Like no, yeah. no offense to Boney Bear. I do love Boney Bear. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. And I'm just like, why are you acting weird? Like I don't care. I'm not going to go through your phone. Like, yeah. Maybe so he's had I, somebody go through his phone before. So I think like things like that, it's just like, and be like, okay, like, chill. Like, here's my entire phone. Like, you could literally dive, t- take a spin through it. I don't care. Fucking look at the text messages of some other guys. Just know that there's a line waiting after you. How about mm-hmm. that? <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I've always, I've never understood the whole, like, phone privacy thing, I guess, when it comes to relationship. Because, like I said, like, I'm an open book usually. If I trust mm-hmm. you, I can be. So. Yeah, absolutely. So going off of that, I do think that there are some parts of your life that like should remain private. 
I don't think that you have to divulge everything in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to be open book. Because, I mean, like, if you're just completely sharing everything with this person, they know everything about you, and you have no sense of privacy, then I feel like you're coming super dependent on each other, and you kind of, like, merge into one. Yeah, going off that, like, I think if you share every single little detail and they know every single little thing, you're going to kind of come off as this like merged couple. And you might even like feel like a best friend, bro, Mm -hmm. duo. And you're going to probably lose like some of that chemistry in between you guys. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's important to kind of identify and implement your own individual private lives. It's important to keep like your relationships and the romance and, the chemistry alive so that you're not just seen as like, like you, like whenever I am like in my relationships, I want to be seen as Hannah. I don't want to be Hannah and Blaine. Like I'm, yes, we're a unit. Yes, we are a partnership. Yes, we work together, but I don't like, I would never, this is just me. I would never have a joint Facebook Facebook account. account. (laughs) I was literally thinking that. Like, no, like I am my own person. I love him. (laughs) Like, but I'm not going to have a Hannah and Blaine Facebook account. Like, it's just never going to happen for me. And because I don't want to be seen as like one person. Like we are two very separate people who work very well together. And so, so yeah, I think it's really important. I think having your own individual private lives is fun. Like, it's important to yeah. have have that part of yourself and keep that part of yourself alive when you're married, when you have a family. Like it's very important because I've seen way too many people just kind of merge into each other and then they just like they have no individual personalities. They're just well, kind of one. And it's yeah. it's boring. Like I, I feel bored for them. Yeah, I feel <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of married couples who they don't have like their own friends. Like they just mm-hmm. they they just have mutual friends. Like they're friends with other married couples, and like those are their friends. But they don't have their, like their individual friends that they hang out with. And I'm just thinking, like I do not want to be friends with my husband's friends. Like whoever I marry, like I need my girlfriends. I don't want to be like I cannot ever just only hang out like with married people. Like when, like granted, most of my friends now are in a relationship, so like mm-hmm. fine. But like none of my friends like bring their the ones that are married like none of them bring their husbands around all the time yeah or like you know, like my friends are in relationship like you you don't always bring your boyfriend around all the time literally and like so, i think it's like my birthday that's like the the one time <laughs> i'm like you can leave him at home like, any other time he's yeah, fine to come around but like um yeah, but like that's my time with you like he doesn't need yeah, to be there that's your private time sometimes his friends and i like will hang out but like he goes and does stuff too so like he doesn't need to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so things like that, like those are private times. Like you don't always have to be completely like around them all 24 seven. And I, I always think about people who like work together and they're married. Mm-hmm. No. Cannot. There's a lot of those like in the influencer world. And I'm just like, how? Yeah. Like the husband's like usually the photographer for the girl. Yes. No. Mm-mm. No. I, like, I, 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 if you the, can make ca- work the claws good. come out when we're taking pictures sometimes. <laughs> Not really, but like, Not I feel really. like it's just I, exhausting. I get like heated and then I'm like, I'm done. I'm over yeah. it. <laughs> well, it's just like, I want to be able to take, I want to be able to like get away from you so I can miss you. 
Like, if I'm constantly around you, I'm not going to miss you. And, like, granted, for me, for instance, I date people who are in the same field as me. I date people who are artsy, people who are also in film, actors, stuff like that. Like, cool. Love dating musicians. That's one reason why I like dating musicians, because, like, you're artsy, but you're not in the exact same field as me. But Mm -hmm. you're still in the creative entertainment industry. But people who work in film, people who are actors, like, I like dating them, but that doesn't mean we work together. Yeah. Like, I am not going to be, like, Tim Burton and no relation. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'm not going to be like him and cast my like my spouse in every film I make with my best friend playing their love interest. Like that's not what I'm going to do. Yeah, you didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, he used to be married. That's to not Helen. a vibe. He his best friend is Johnny Depp, and he used to be married to Helen and Bottom Carter, and like they were always in all his films together. Interesting. Maybe yeah, something was, was going on outside of the films. But like, I'm never going to like. Yeah, like, if I was married to an actor and, like, they needed a role, like, I only cast them in that role if they really wanted to be in it. Like, John Krasinski didn't cast it, didn't, wasn't originally going to cast Emily Blunt in Mm -hmm. A Quiet Place, and then she read the script, she's like, no, fucking cast me. So, like, that's the only time ever. Like, I would, I love working with people that I'm dating and I'm in a relationship with, but I don't want that to be a constant thing. I need to be away from you just for a little bit, just a little bit, need my own time, because... Like, uh, my work is so much of who I am that, like, I'm sure you would get annoyed if, like, your boyfriend was always in the studio with you. Oh, yeah. Well, and, like, I Who mean, you are in the studio is, who you, is completely different than who you are in a relationship as well. Yeah, exactly. And I just, like, it's so important to have your own thing, whether that's going then you to can work. focus on that thing. You don't have to focus going, on that thing yeah. in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even, like, for me, like, going to work out for, like, an hour and a half or whatever, like... That's my own thing to go do. Like that mm. would that would be a time away from him. And things just like like them like the guys like go and spend time like in the man cave or mm-hmm. whatever or like in the garage playing your playing guitar. the video games. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we date two different types of people. <laughs> yeah, I date the the smart boys. Not saying that musicians aren't <laughs> smart. That was that was that came out really wrong. Wow. <laughs> the wow. like the like cool. left brained boys is what mm-hmm. I meant to say. You so you date Engineers. nerds. I did you date nerds, I date cool guys. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm the cool girl though, so fair enough. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> oh dear, sweet baby Jesus. But like things like that, like going to get your nails done, hair time, like those are times that you can spend by yourself and they don't, you don't, they don't have to know everything about your detail, about your day even, I think. I definitely don't want to tell everybody like, you're the only person, you are honestly the only person I give a damn what about you wait for breakfast. I know. And I am very sad to say that I think the other day was the first day that we went without texting each other. I know. It's because like I worked like all day. And <laughs> I same. Like- <laughs> I like got to the office super early. I was I was like not on my phone at all. And then the next day, I think you texted me and I was like, oh my God gosh what a day without texting emily what it really is 2020 like <laughs> but like hannah will text me the most random things like you text me a picture of a bathroom and you're like this is my dream bathroom <laughs> just like, because oh. you're the only one that gives a shit i don't even know if you actually care but like i was like oh it's pretty like yeah like <laughs> like i feel like you know never mind but like I would never text it to a boy because they wouldn't, they definitely would not give a single shit. It's just like, also like if a guy texts me like, I had like avocado toast this morning, but like, 
cool. cool. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I do not want to know what you have for breakfast. Like, do not tell me. Like, I, but Hannah was can like, we talk about something else? <laughs> I had avocado toast this morning. Be like, oh, how'd you like it? How'd you make it? Like, did you love it? <laughs> like, I would care. I would go into so many details I'm about always, it. Like, we're always like hyping each other up. I'm like, I'm gonna <laughs> eat healthy this week, and then I'm like, oh my god, I got Domino's. <laughs> I'm like, mood. <laughs> and then you're like, me too. I'm eating pasta right now. <laughs> Like, but it's yes. like I texted you earlier. I was like, I didn't make it through like another like writing competition. And like if I texted that to a boy, they would have been like, it's okay, babe. Like I'm sure like you did a great job. Like we, yeah. you'll get them next time. And you were just like, fuck them. They don't know what they're talking, <laughs> talking about. <laughs> I was like, they're missing out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, What's up? Hype me up. <laughs> <laughs> so like basically just, you know, get a best friend. Fuck boys. There you go. That's the survival. <laughs> that's tip. it. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. <laughs> that we're done we're done <laughs> we're never putting out another episode all right final episode was right there so um okay bye <laughs> regardless a high functional relationship also includes a healthy shared life with mutual friends mutual activities and mutual interests so like that's why i do say like i do date men who have similar interests so like artistic guys like that like i i've had friends tell me before they're like date a financier can you fucking see me with a financier? No, you would. I'm just picturing you at dinner. You would date. be like, you'd be like looking off to the side, like, like you're asking me to cheat on you at that point. <laughs> like, I would be so bored. Like, yeah. no, I like dating artistic guys because we have mutual interests and activities, and probably friends at the end of the day too. I mean, so like, there's already a commonality, but mm-hmm. we do have those differences in them. So like, yeah, with the musicians, but like, I just appreciate somebody who I can go to and be able to tell them about my day, tell them what's bothering me, and they already understand everything without me having to explain what these minute details mean. Yeah, exactly. Like, I am so thankful that I date someone who has, if not more of a love for music than I do myself. And so, like, we've, I mean, we've had dates where we've like sat out on the porch and just like shared music back and forth and like Mm -hmm. it's so refreshing Mm -hmm. to have somebody like listen to a song and get like chills and like feel the lines and like really like we send each other playlists we send each other songs and like music's just like a big part of our relationship and so Mm -hmm. like I can relate on that level like no he's not a musician he's an engineer but like we both have that commonality and so mm-hmm. it's like it's just so refreshing and yeah um like we love to travel um and so that's something we have in common and so which yeah, is great like, like that because, because like if if i was with somebody that didn't like to travel and wanted to stay home all the time like i would just go travel without him like let's be honest <laughs> yeah but no like that's a whole thing like i think opposites attracting like there's two different types of that so like i could not date somebody who was like I love to go camping like every weekend. I like to go mi- mountain bike riding, like all that kind of stuff. Like that's just not me. Yeah, and it's not like, I, like I've tried it. I was a Girl Scout, like we talked about at the beginning of this episode. Not me. I don't like camping. But like I, if that's like how you want to spend every other weekend, like yet on your time, sure. If you're wanting me to kind of like get into that with you, I can't. Like, that's yeah. just not who I am. Like, if you picture me and your kids going camping every weekend, 
No. I'm not the girl. You know? Hard pass. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, like, I like going shopping. I'm a girl. I'm, I'm not expecting you to go shopping with me. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to and you want to buy me some stuff. And you like, want to, like, hold my stuff, then, like, sure. You are more welcome to come with me. <laughs> but, like, I understand going to Sephora is not the most exciting thing. So, therefore, I'm not going to drag you along with me. Hell, Hannah doesn't even want to go to with me sometimes. Listen, going to Sephora with Emily, you better just, like, pack some Lunchables, a whole cooler <laughs> full of drinks. Because we tested every, well, not now, but before. <laughs> not now. We were, we were testing every product up in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I we- would come out spending money I didn't have. <laughs> Because she'd be like, oh, you really need this. And I'd be like, yes, yes, I do. Tell me more. What else do I need? Poison me with your ways. Facts. <laughs> Trust me. We went to New York and like there was a Sephora on every blog and she would like purposely like reroute us to walk around the block so to y'all, avoid the Sephora. Y'all, we went in this mall thing, me, her mom, and and Emily, obviously. And it's, like, it's right there where like um, the vessel is at, the Barclay shops, the vessel. We went in there and we went we went through this really cool store and then me and her mom both spotted the Sephora on the directory and we said we have to get the hell out of here. <laughs> and we didn't even tell Emily and then the next time they went, her mom spilled the beans. <laughs> I wanted to go to Aritzia, and Sephora was right across from Aritzia. And I was like, oh, we have to go. I need to buy my Charlotte Tilbury. Because she was like, me and Hannah didn't tell you last time. Huh? I was like, how dare you? How dare you? That's so funny. It's my heaven. How dare you keep me away from it? <laughs> but, like, I understand. I'm never going to make a man go into that place with me. So, like, those are times where it's like I, you know, have my own private time. But... If you're wanting me to, like, get along with your buddies and go hang out with you and the boys, like, at the brewery every weekend, stuff like that, like, I will hang out with you and your friends, but I'm not going to give up a part of my life to fit into yours completely because, yeah. like, you need to have those separate those separate things. I see a lot of friends who, like I said before, they don't have their own friends and, like, their boyfriend's friends are now their friends and it's just, like, no. Like, there has to be, like a, like, a balance. A balance between you doing your own things and, like, going shopping and doing your getting your hair hair and nails done and then like hanging out with your friends and then also like doing something as a unit. Um, I think it's all about kind of like balance and I don't know, just like trying new things. Like, yeah, like I'm never going to not like try new things in a relationship. Like if I, I dated a guy who was a graphic designer and he, his like thing on, he did on the weekends was like cycling, which I think you're, we don't uh, do the cycling. We know, <laughs> like, at least on the road. Like I like to do it at the gym, like spin class. No, like his thing it was like but his is like cycling on the road. Yeah, remember that He's, guy that I dated at one time that had the the bicycle the, tattoo. The bicycle yeah. tattoo. Uh-huh. On We're his just chest. gonna ignore yeah. that. Um, I still judge you for that. I still, I still judge, judge myself for that. It's okay. We all make mistakes. Anyways, we've we've both had that cycle experience. <laughs> ten out of ten, don't recommend. Like. Unless you're into that, then go for it. Nah, save, man. Not, not, if you in, not even if you're into it. Like, you need to get a better hobby, man. Like, I'm annoyed by people on the road that are like you. Like, fuck you. Like, you take up too much space on the damn road. Y'all entitled to every single inch on the damn pavement. Fuck y'all. Anyways. <laughs> he 
fucking screwed me over, so I'm allowed to say all this I know, bullshit. I know. It's okay. It's, <laughs> okay, to be, it's okay to be salty. It's Anyways, fine. I would never, ever go watch that dude race on a bicycle. Fuck no. No. That's one reason why I can't date athletes. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I give a shit about your sport. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, well, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't really a sport person growing up. No, I, yeah, I, so. would, I would never date a baseball player. I hate baseball. I will never, I know, I know you love softball. I know you play softball, but like. My boyfriend I, played baseball growing up too. So like. Fuck, I hate our baseball. Our kids are going to play and you're going to have no, to come I, watch as the nope, best. Yes, nope, you are. Nope. Yep. Nope. You can take a cut oh, out of me and no, put it in the no, stands. No, 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 Aunt Emily's going to come. It's <laughs> no, going to be a blast. She's going to be on tour. She's going to be on a movie set in New Zealand or something. I don't it's know. It's okay. I'll FaceTime you. Don't worry. You're not going to miss their bet. My their assistant bet. will watch for me. <laughs> I can just see my kid now. Aunt Emily never wants to come to watch me pitch in my softball game. Well, if they played basketball, it'd be different. That's the thing. That's they the ain't only playing athlete. basketball. They're going to be short. Hello. That's the only <laughs> athlete I would date as a basketball player, but then at the same time, it would be awful because they'd be seven foot tall and I'm five two, and that just ain't going to work out. <laughs> so, like, I guess I'm just never going to date athletes. It's fine. Trust me. I tried dating the doctor, and he played tennis, and I was like, bitch, I don't know how to play tennis. He tried to get me to play tennis one time with him on the court. And I was like, this is sad. We had to get the kitty balls because I couldn't play with, and they're like huge because I couldn't play with actual tennis balls. Oh I am not gosh. athletic, which is why I prefer to date artsy guys because if I, like, that's the thing. I love, I, I just love musicians. <laughs> um, have you heard? I love musicians. <laughs> the film boy doesn't play guitar or anything. He's not a singer or anything either. It's okay. It's fine. Anyways, um... <laughs> I like to be musicians because it's like, yeah, like, fuck, I want to go to your concert. Like, let me go hype you up side stage. Hell yeah. I'll be the biggest fan ever. I, that's the thing. I like dating people who are into things like that so I can root for you. Like, I have dated athletes and before, like people who were like did track in college, stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, like, I like going to track meets and, like, supporting you and, like, being the number one fan for you. I like those kind of things. So, like, actors, another reason why I like dating them because I can go to your place, stuff like that. But, yeah, musicians, like, I just I just love feeling like the cool girl, like, backstage and everything. Maybe that's just a complex I have. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> probably. I don't know. Like, it's just, like, those things are, like, going to be able to support you and show my love and support for you. It's, I think, really great. But it just has to be something that I find interesting. <laughs> oh my gosh! But like, but that's but that's where you find you know like your type. I say in air quotes because I don't feel like I have a type. You definitely do not have a type. I'm the definition I'm, of somebody yeah, who has a type. Like you are the definition of somebody that has a type. Whereas me, like I am more. I don't know. <laughs> the guy you date now is super intellectual, whereas yes. your ex was very cars yeah that was his whole personality trait yeah very nice guy nice guy but cars cars was the whole that, that guy. was the hobby I, I like, I, that was I can't the do cars, hobby guys. that was the hobby the work the, the lifestyle the the mutual i couldn't it was hard it was yeah it was really hard yeah. for me yeah so so mm-hmm. never can be a cars girl no not me i'm i know nothing about a car i can put gas in it and take it through a car wash. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so we wanted to end this episode with a tweet that I saw earlier from one of my 
favorite girls on Twitter, Melanated Mama. You should definitely go follow her. I will leave her Twitter in the bio. Yes. Um, in, in the show notes, whatever it's called. <laughs> but it was, get comfortable with and wholeheartedly accept your vulnerability and your intimacy. Then others with that level of depth and raw energy will just gravitate towards you. It's less about attracting the energy and more so like you won't accept relations, platonic or romantic, that aren't open, vulnerable, and intimate. Once you've opened yourself up, you'll see yourself and allow others on your vibration to see you. And I fully agree with that 100%. Yeah, I love that. And so I think our survival tip for today is if your partner would feel angry or betrayed if they discovered any secrecy themselves, share it with them. And embrace vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also, like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which will be linked in the show notes. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us out, and we love to read them. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Uh-huh.